0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Uh, it's so good to be here. I, I feel like I've known you guys forever. Um, I remember when you were in your pastor's eye uh, back in the day and uh, conversations and uh, with, uh, with Sam. Um, and about what this might become—it's pretty amazing, guys—to be able to be here this morning and to look out at at, at you and to realize uh, God has God has done some amazing things here, and He doesn't do that because He's done. He does that because He's building, right? There's 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 telos, there's outcome, and. Uh, Sam was one of those students uh, that um, always had questions, always wanted to press in, always wanted more, uh, and so we got together, as he said, often for coffee and in conversation, and a uh, lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of vibrancy, and I thought, oh, Jesus, we need to kind of <laughs> keep that... Uh, focused, and then I met Kelly, and I thought, okay, we're good, we're good, um, everything's going to be just fine, as long as he listens to that girl, we're going to be just fine. Because um, it's, uh, it's a whole lot like Jude and my, as long as I'm, I'm with her, I'm going to be okay. Um, so um, at some point, for many of you, and maybe all of you, uh, and maybe more than one point, Jesus kind of leaned into your life, maybe through a parent, a f- friend at school, um, maybe through the, somebody at the church here, and in one way or another, invited you to follow him. Um, it might have been through a door of what you believe about him, but it might have been through maybe you were the recipient of the generosity of this community. They fed you when nobody else was doing that. Or maybe they cared for you when um, your life was in disarray. But sooner or later, you realize that it's not just the people, it's the the Lord, the, the Savior behind the people, right? And you realize, oh, wait, they have something that I want to be part of. And maybe you asked some questions, maybe you showed up at one of the uh, events, maybe you showed up uh, at, a, at, a, at a conversation and, and heard the whisper of Jesus saying, you can follow me too. And I think it's worth asking, what did you think, where did you think you were going when he said that? And it might have been, you know, the promise of heaven you're not going to go to hell when you die. That's, always, that's not a bad starter, you know, if that's what it was, and, 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 and so on. But then you realize, wait, I, I'm not planning on going anytime soon. I mean, you never know. I mean, you live right off the 71, so who knows <laughs> what could happen, <laughs> you know? Who knows? <laughs> uh, um, and in Chino, so there you go, look at that. Um, But all other things being equal, we're going to be so. What? 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 What's he up to between now and then? And uh, of course, you're not going to be surprised, though the early disciples had to learn that too. They didn't have a vision of heaven in the future that they were going to. They expected the kingdom of heaven to come here on earth. Which, by the way, their expectation is more accurate than ours. If you read the Bible carefully, you'll discover you're not going to heaven. It's coming here. If you read Revelation, the city descends. We're built for this planet. God loves it so much that he intends this to be around for a couple billion years. After billion doesn't mean anything anymore because time is no more. Right? So how do we become the kinds of people who, when, if we go to heaven will feel comfortable, because if you spend most of your life avoiding God here, he's going to be unavoidable there. Why do you think that's going to be home? If you haven't learned to be in his presence here, do, do, you, do you see what we're after here? It will be an immediacy of presence, God with us. And, and candidly, I, sp- I spend a good chunk of my life hoping he doesn't notice. Anybody else? I don't. I don't think I really want to let him in on what I'm thinking right now. On, on. Do you, you know? And, I, and I'm thinking, if that's the case, and sometimes, sadly, it is. I've gotten better, <laughs> but there are still times and places where where the immediacy of his presence is more convicting than comforting. Is more invitational than rest. Because I'm out of alignment sometimes with how God intends the world to work. And I I don't know if you guys do this the same way I do, but it usually results of me trying to... I end up outsmarting myself. Do do you all know what I mean? The Old Testament version of it is the Tower of Babel. We, We think we're going to leverage our technology, our wisdom, our intelligence, and thereby control our future, give us power in the sphere, and manage God. We babelize everything, right? Some of you, I don't know any of you personally, so only take this personally if it is you, <laughs> have babelized your Instagram account. You're using it as a metric of your worth and value. Some of you have babblized your job, your home, and turned them into, instead instead of free gifts given to be offered up again, they become idols. Do you know? So apparently, following Jesus isn't one and done. It involves a journey. And in fact, what you find is that the journey actually is the only thing That it is, because you're not going anywhere to which when you finally arrive, you'll be able to say, home. You're actually going to be on journey for the rest of your life and afterwards, because you have apprenticed yourself, you have discipled yourself to a God who continues to grow in our understanding of him into the eternities. That word that was spoken, Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be light. That word still echoes out at 286,282 200, uh, miles per second as the universe continues to expand at the edges of light. So if I'm going to apprentice myself to somebody like that, I better get my boots on. I better fasten my seatbelt. I better, I better get ready for travel. Because we're going someplace. This is why the people in the early part of the uh, uh, Christian world were were not called people of the place, but people of the way of Jesus. So I want to kind of jump in to an invitation after Jesus had walked with them for a period of time, had gotten frustrated with some of the response that he was receiving from people who ought to have known better. And then in Matthew 11, he says this, I thank you, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden things, these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Father, this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to be by my Father, For your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, I'm going to just walk through this in three chunks, if you will. Beginning at verse 25 there, he says, I, 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 I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, just establishing us in terms of the authority base that we're going to be working on, right? That you have hidden these things, the things about which he is going to speak, the things that he has talked about before, From the wise and the learner. Now as somebody who has uh, spent a good chunk of my life uh, becoming learned. I've gone to school. Uh, Jude says I'm a professional student. Uh, I've I've gone to school most of my life. Right? And I love learning. I really do. My problem is is that learning contributes to my spiritual gift which is arrogance. (laughs) Anybody else have the spiritual gift of arrogance? You think you know stuff? And you think that your knowing stuff gives you authority over those that don't know stuff? Anybody been right and hurt people with it? So he starts off by saying, we need to reprogram your systems of knowing. Because you have grown up in a system where information, knowledge is power. And you need to unlearn a little bit of that. It's not that we should prize ignorance. That's not... Ever a value that God celebrates, right? Uh, and, and, but it is the, what you do with what you know. If you think that what you know gives you authority and power over other people, you know, you babblized your, your knowledge. If, if, if you think that your education is more, is, is, or, or, or your, and fill in the gaps of all of the ways that we leverage ourselves over others. Our socioeconomic status, our race, maybe even the color of our skin. I was surprised to discover in, 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 in various studies that I did on this that there are gradations even within African countries in which persons are held to be greater or lesser value based on the tonality of their skin texture. And what? Do do, do you see what I'm after here? So we will will find ways. I thank you, Father, you didn't reveal this stuff to people who had it figured out. And and notice, he has just been talking about, if I had done the miracles, this is the passage immediately before, if I had done the miracles that that I've done in front of you all, back in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. They would have been running to the altar. And you guys, what do you want? You want more. Here's the deal guys, if God isn't enough, no miracle he does ever will be. We are lusting after the miraculous and discovered we have become spiritually greedy, which means we don't want the thing, we want the wanting the thing. And as a result of that, our souls are shaped into consumers. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We, are, we, we become spiritual consumers. In, 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 in which our... We, we, we don't use it for anything. It doesn't satisfy our appetite. It has ceased long ago to be a sign pointing to the one from whom the miracle comes. And we still want more. So if you need a sign... You don't get it. Because even the sign isn't a sign to you. If you don't need a sign, guess what you get? You get the presence of God. And sometimes you get miracles. Except for you. Because you don't need them. They point straight back to the Father. Does, Does that make sense? This is a real challenging thing because Jesus knows proof is only proof to the people who don't need it. To those who believe and follow without it, those are the ones who get to see things. But the wise and the intelligent, the people who have figured it all out, who have babelized their experience, even what they get isn't enough and isn't helpful. And what is worse Their wisdom and intelligence blinds them to real relationship. He says, you've revealed it to the kiddos, to the ones with beginner's minds. He's not talking childish. He's talking childlike. Those who come to things, you know how it is when, 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 when your kid comes to things for the first time, there's an excitement, there's a, a willingness to learn, there's a, let's tear this apart and see what makes it work. Those are the ones that get awareness of what God is up to in the world. Those are the ones who are invited to sit with God on the edge of the universe and watch the sun come up and go down day after day after day and never weary of the sameness of it, because it's new every morning. How many sunsets, how many sunrises have I seen and forgot to say thank you? Because I'm wise and intelligent. I don't have a beginner's mind. And beginner's minds are tough to cultivate, because we love our knowledge base, don't we? Anybody else use your knowledge to control things? so that you feel safe and secure in the middle of your knowing stuff? Just me? Just me. Thank you, two of us. Everybody else is gonna be repenting after the end of this <laughs> service. But we do that, don't we? We, lose, we use our knowledge to keep us safe and secure, to control the parameters of our life, and then also we try and control other people, because I know my life would be so much better if you all would get your act together right? And that just indicates what? We're a mess in the middle. The more I try and control people at the edge whether it's my friends or my roommate or my spouse or my kids or whatever the more I try and control people at the edge the more revealed how much of a mess I am at the center. So Jesus is saying knock yourselves out guys. You need a beginner's mind. Father didn't reveal this to you. You want to start over again. So, all things have been committed to me by my Father. And no one knows. Here's the the word here is this uh, experiential relationship. Not knowing about. Right? Knowing about God won't get you very far unless that percolates down into your soul and becomes the knowing of God. Nobody knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. What kind of language are we talking here? Do you catch it? He's shifted, hasn't He? From wise and intelligent to relationship. He's shifted from professor to person. He's shifted from, from the, the results of our endeavor to let's have coffee. Do you see? Father, Son... And it's an invitational relationship that is an ongoing relationship. Because the beauty, as I mentioned before, about God is that however big your God is, he's too small. Anybody found you bumped your head on the limits of your understanding of God? We do it all the time. I do it. I do it. We create God in our own image. The, the, the various things that we think we need, we do this all the time. We, we're built to do this. We are idol-making machines. Which is why God regularly has to come and break down our idols. Even if they have his name on them. Oh, D- does that make sense? Yeah. This is hard for us because, because, you know, I want a God that hates all the same people I do. This is Anne Lamott, she says, that's how you can tell. You've created God in your own image. When your God hates all the same people you do. Boy, those idols have been trotting around lately, haven't they? You know that you've got to... I mean, I I teach theology. Words about God. And I regularly have to remind myself, remember my spiritual gift of arrogance is that everything I believe about God hides more of God from me than it reveals of God to me. Because it's God we're talking about. In whom I live and move and have my existence. No matter how big my understanding of God is, it's still my understanding. Um, My son, my middle son, um, uh, um, spent a semester at um, Orange Coast College and studied astronomy. An astronaut was teaching the course. She took them out to Joshua Tree, where they have stars. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? And gave them each a dime and said, now hold the dime out at arm's length. You see how many stars? You can see. You got the image? She said, behind the dime that you can't see are more galaxies and stars than you can see with the naked eye. Hidden, just behind the size of a dime. The universe is so massive. Well, that's the result of one word spoken. Imagine how big the one who spoke the word So Jesus says, the only way you're going to know this, guys, is not through your study, not through your little filing cabinets, not through the ways that you manage your knowing of things. The only way you're going to know a God that magnificent, that great, that good, that expansive, is through relationship. And nobody knows him except the Son. Not deeply, not truly, not completely. Nobody knows the Father except the Son. And... (laughs) <laughs> Those to whom the son makes him available. Yeah, I, I, want, I, want, I want some of that. You see, so it, do I have to sacrifice my wisdom and intelligence to get that? Yes. Why? Because I have to have a beginner's mind. Everything I know about God gets in the way of who he is. So, I want to be able to come open handed, open hearted, without little categories that he has to fit into. You ever, you ever told God what he can and can't do? Anybody else hear the laughter when you say that out loud? I mean, it's just silly. But we do it all the time. Oh, God. I know X, Y, or Z. Really? Where does that come from exactly? So, nobody knows him except the son, and the son, whom the son chooses to. It revealed him. It's a, it's a relational connection. So Jesus then appears to turn the corner, but not really because he says, therefore, because what happens? How do we become weary and heavy laden? We become weary and heavy laden by carrying increasing weights of our opinions about God and what he requires of us. Anybody else been should on? You should do this, you should do that, you should faith, right? All of that shoulding does is create a conformed, yes, I know how much that sounds like other words. Pay attention, people. <laughs> what that produces is a conformed following, not a transformed heart. So Jesus says, you guys are weary and heavy laden with all of your ways of trying to figure stuff out, with all of the ways of trying to control everybody and everything, if you are weary, if you are heavy laden, if you're sick to death and want to be raised to life, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Um, I don't think there's anything we need more in this part of the 21st century than rest. We are disintegrating at a rapid pace. We have kids killing themselves because the number of likes to their Instagram post was not acceptable. That's not a joke. That's a truth. Suicide, currently the leading cause of death of young men, and particularly young women under the age of 25. Come to me. Now, if you've got life figured out, if you're not weary and heavy laden yet, Jesus' solution isn't going to be helpful to you. You're still in the wise and the intelligent category. Sooner or later, the box canyon, your own stupid will catch you. But until it does... You're not going to receive Jesus' answer as a gift. You'll want a little bit of Jesus, just a bit of joy juice, you know, to get you through the stuff, the dumb that you get yourself into. Anybody else? You know what I mean. It's just like, oh, man, I did it again. Jesus, could you help me out here? And if Jesus really loves you, he will say, no, I need you to crash and burn one more time because I think maybe now... You'll come to me so I can give you rest. Oh, Jesus, I don't want rest. I want to prove my worth, value, and significance by everything I do. Oh. And Jesus says, well, you're the wise and intelligent. Knock yourself out, bro. I'll be here when you get back. Do you feel the invitation there? And, and, and Jesus says, come, come to me. I'll give you rest. And, and what he's got echoing here in the back of his mind is Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. The, the, the capstone of creation was Sabbath. So, and Sabbath then becomes the foundation for the chapter 2 story of creation, the second story, the eighth day, if you will, which is where we're living right now. So he's saying, come to me, and we'll go back to the beginning. We'll hit the do-over button. We'll start all over again. We'll reestablish the foundation of relational rest. Remember, I'm going to introduce you to the Father. We'll reconnect with him. We'll start out with the foundation of rest. And then what? Well, then you can learn your life from me. Then you can learn your life from me. Because when you're wise and intelligent, you've learned it from other folks. But when you lay aside that, when rest is reestablished, then you can learn your life from Jesus as me. Uh, why is that a good idea, Jesus? Well, because you're weary and heavy laden, and I am gentle and humble in heart. Take my yoke, he says. Uh, and I skipped over this part, I'm sorry. Uh, a yoke was the teaching and lifestyle of a rabbi. It echoes, obviously, the farm implement that attaches a mature, strong ox to an immature young ox that needed to learn how to plow properly. And that's the main image. But it was taken over very early to reflect the teaching of a rabbi. So you'd get these young students who would yoke themselves to a rabbi and want to learn how to live their life as the rabbi would if he were them. The young ox learning how to plow the way the old ox would if he were them. You see the image. And this is what Jesus said when he he invited you to follow him. It's It's a rabbinic invitation that says, I think you have what it takes. This is Jesus saying this to you. I think you have what it takes to be like me. What? Me? With my education, with my gender, with my ethnicity, with my intelligence, with my family system, with my brokenness, with all the crap that I've been through, with all the stupid I've done, you think I have what it takes to become like you? Yeah, I do. Now, it won't be any good if you don't. Because then you're not going to follow. But if, you, if, you, if you're willing to believe about you, what I believe about you, then maybe you'll get up out of the boat and leave the fishing nets behind and follow me and learn your life from me. You'll take my lifestyle on you, you'll take my way of being upon you, and discover along the way that the wise and intelligent gives way to the gentle and humble. Gentle is simply strength under control. Gentle is not weakness. You can't be gentle if you're weak. Gentleness requires enormous strength that chooses when and how to be actualized. Jesus knows how to do stuff. And he also knows how not to do stuff. Anybody else grateful that he was gentle when hanging on the cross and didn't use the strength that was available to him to crush those of us who put him there? You want to learn life that way or do you still want to be a victim of retaliation and revenge? Anybody been hurt? You want to learn your life from Jesus? Which may mean you don't get to hit back at those who hit you you did sign up for this, right? Yeah. You, you, you all got your memo? Yeah. BYOC? Bring your own cross? Because you're going to need it daily yes. to lay down your right to be right, to lay down the right to use your strength for your own purposes. And I'm humble. Grounded. The word humble, you know, comes from the same word as humus, dirt. Or humor. I have a sense of that about myself. I don't take myself too seriously. And Jesus says I'm humble. Humble is an accurate self-concept with positive self-regard, producing unself consciousness. I can just be I don't have to worry about what people think of me. I don't have to be anxious about what you're going to say about me when I leave. I can just be. Wouldn't that take a load off? Some of our thinking? How much energy do I spend worrying what other people think of me? Without even considering the fact they don't think of me at all. That doesn't stop it from weighing me down, though. If they did think about me, I'm sure this is the kind of thing they would think about me. And Jesus says, can we just, like, park that truck and move towards humility? Because when you do that, you discover what? Rest. Oh, wait, what? Rest is the do-over. And rest is the accompanying presence of one who's yoked to Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean it's not hard work. It just means that it's the work you're built for. That's what it means when it says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The reason it's easy and light is because it's the yoke you were built to hold. You know, it's like you put on a pair of shoes that you've worn in that actually help you do the hike, that, that you put on a, a pack that actually helps you. That's, that's the image here. Yes, it's a load, but it's a helpful load. It's the one you were built for. It's the life you were built for. So here's, 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 where we, here's where we land the plane on this, friends. Why? Oh, by the way, why does this matter? It's not so you can have a happy holy time. It's so that the people who you rub shoulders with tomorrow morning who are weary and heavy laden will have at least one beacon of light in their life who they can look to with an awareness. Somebody's figured this out. It's not the wise, it's not the intelligent. It's those who are in relationship with the Father. You in? You want to join in? You think you, 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 you're ready, ready to believe what he believes about you? You get a chance. Because this is not a one and done, is it? This is an ongoing. Come to me, I'll give you rest. Let's learn how to do this. Let's learn how to be a mom in Jesus' name. Let's learn how to be a pastor in Jesus' name. Let's learn how to be a software engineer in Jesus' name. Jesus knows something about writing code. Isn't that fascinating? Let let let's be a, 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 a server in Jesus' name. Let's be a, a manager in Jesus' name. Let's be a preschool teacher. In Jesus' name, let's because He doesn't want you to, to be Him. He's already got that covered. What He wants you to be is you, as He would be you, if He were you. Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus walked into the preschool class you were teaching tomorrow? He is. When you're there, He's there. That's why we want to learn how to do it the way he would do it if he were doing it. Oh, Lord, um, we humble ourselves before you and thank you for the privilege of this word that invites us into a radical, world-changing awareness. That when we surrender ourselves, when we submit ourselves, when we come to you, you will, first, never cast us out. But second... You will reestablish the foundation of our lives and invite us to learn again and again and again our lives from you. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen.